Uh, my name is Jeffrey Paternostro. Jeffrey Paternostro is one of the first people I interviewed for this show. I'm the senior prospect writer at Baseball Prospectus. I first talked to him back in January because he writes about prospects, and he was a way I could cheat a little and get a head start on learning about the guys who were probably going to play for the Yard Goats this season. And he posed a series of questions back then that struck me as, for one thing, stuff I really don't know, and as, for another thing, stuff that this show should really at least try to figure out. How does major league talent or how does major league performance work? Like, what are the different ways it looks like? How can you identify it early? The thing is, these guys that play here in Hartford, these guys that play on the other teams that come through Hartford, these guys playing double-A baseball, they're very good baseball players. It's very difficult to get to this level of professional baseball. Double-A baseball is hard. But then... Triple-A baseball is hard. And... Major League Baseball is hard. And the whole point here is to take this big pile of guys who are very good at the game of baseball and to sort them into smaller piles of the guys who are very, very good and the guys who are not. Scouting can be sort of like casually cruel because you're literally most of the time saying... This guy's not a major leaguer. This guy's not a major leaguer. This guy's not a major leaguer. And these guys that are getting sorted into these different piles, they probably have to just go on thinking they're the very, very good sort of players, no matter what. They have to believe that they're a major leaguer at every level. And the teams have to keep talking about them that way, too. You know, they'll say, oh, everyone, everyone's a prospect. Until they don't. I asked Yard Goats manager Jerry Weinstein if he can just tell which pile which players belong in. Absolutely. That's part of, that's part of our job, being able to project uh, the future skills of our players. What, it, what is it? What do you see in a, in a guy that, that makes you just know? Well, you look at basic tools, you know, run, hit, throw, hit for power, and defense, and you look at makeup, right. look at their work habits, look at their body language. You look, there's a lot of variables that goes, go into this process. You feel like a few of these guys are those kind of guys? Absolutely. Absolutely. And when I asked Weinstein which players really stand out, he named some specific names, but he also said what Paternostro said he'd say. Everyone's a prospect. Well, I mean, we think every guy, all our guys are prospects. When you get a guy to, to this level, you know, certainly uh, Ryan McMahon and, and Dom Nunez and a uh, number of our pitchers, but there isn't a guy here that you say, well, he, he's, he's not a prospect. Anybody who's here and has a uniform is a prospect, is a potential big league player someday. From WNPR, this is the second first season, a behind-the-scenes podcast about the making of a baseball team on a year-long do-over. I'm Jonathan McNichol, and I think the reality is that on Hartford's whole 25-man roster, there are probably maybe two, maybe three guys who will go on to have major league careers of any length. Could be a couple more, but it could be a couple fewer, too. And so some of these guys are still in the prospect pile, but the truth is most of them aren't. This episode, I want to introduce you to a couple Hartford Yard Goats. And while it might sound like I'm sorting these two guys into those two piles, believe me, I'm not. I'm not smart enough about this for that, and baseball's too difficult, too fickle for that. Both of these guys might be stars one day, but on the other hand, maybe neither one of them will. Pitch. It swung on a high drive, blasted a deep right field. You've heard Ryan McMahon's name a few times by this point in this podcast. And it's gone! Ryan McMahon has tied the game here in the ninth inning. How about that? He was player of the month in the Eastern League in April. 
When I asked the Rockies player development guy if there was room for McMahon in AAA, he said, Uh, soon? McMahon was a two-sport athlete at Modern Day High School in Santa Ana, California, where he was the shortstop on the baseball team and the quarterback on the football team. He bats left-handed and hits third in the Yard Goats lineup, a spot traditionally reserved for the best all-around hitter on the team. But when you ask him what position he plays exactly at this point... <laughs> Infield. <laughs> right, really? Whatever, wherever they need me. I mean, really, I mean, growing up, I played second base, shifted over to shortstop for high school, was drafted as a third baseman, played third base, started playing first base. In this season, he started playing second base for the first time professionally, too. So, I mean... Really, I've, I've never had a set position, so being dead honest, just an infielder. He's maybe never had a set position, but he's seen himself as a baseball player for most of his life. Ever since I was little, I've been swinging a bat. I used to sleep with a wiffle ball bat when I was a kid, so... Lots of little kids think of themselves as baseball players. The difference with a guy like McMahon is that he's 22 now, and he still is one. Because in high school, he started taking the sport pretty seriously, and as a senior in 2013... He hit 405 with four home runs and was named Orange County Player of the Year. And then in June, on draft day, when it came around to Colorado's second-round pick... I can't remember exactly who it was. He announced the pick on, on television. It was Pedro Astacio, a pitcher who played for the Rockies for five seasons. With the 42 selection of the 2000... And he kind of butchered my name a little bit. The Colorado Rockies selects Brian my. And the base. So I was like, oh, man, they didn't pick me. And then I saw my name pop up, and my dad was shaking me. Ryan McMahon, the selection. Uh, this is he was a like, look, look, look. And, and I didn't sleep that night. I stayed up till like, 5, I think, in the morning. I just I couldn't fall asleep. I had butterflies all night. So. And three or four days later, McMahon flew to Denver and signed a deal that included a reported $1.3 million signing bonus. And he's been in the Rocky system for the five seasons since, and a yard goat the last two seasons. We're very high on him, and I think we're just kind of scratching the surface uh, on what we hope he's going to be. This is Colorado Rockies manager of player development, Chris Forbes. You know, we do truly have big plans in mind for a guy like that. Tell me what big plans means. Well, you know, I mean, right now you're hoping he's a guy that's going to impact our big league club, and and that's that's kind of the track that hopefully he'll be on. When I I talked to you when you were here, I, I asked you if there was room for him in AAA, and you said soon. How soon? It's hard to say how soon. You know, if you're talking in a perfect world at some point, you definitely want to get him some AAA seasoning. And this year having a, you know, pretty solid year. McMahon's currently in the top 10 in the Eastern League in a lot of different important offensive stats. On base percentage, slugging percentage, total bases, stolen bases, while playing three different infield positions. I said to Forbes, isn't he having a year that's kind of better than pretty solid? Well, I mean, it's it's better than pretty solid, but, you know, you always want to stay even keel in this business because you know how it is. It's, it's uh... It can go up and down in such a hurry. As I've followed Ryan McMahon's season day by day in the Yard Goats box scores, I've started to notice a sort of interplay between McMahon and the guy who bats before him, second in the lineup, a player named Ashley Grader. Obviously, you've probably seen him. At, he was a college shortstop. He's probably played first, second, maybe even third Yeah, yep. you know, in the games up there. First, second, third, a shortstop before he went pro. Reminds you of McMahon, right? From a roster standpoint, you just love to have these type of guys. There are other similarities between Grader and McMahon, too. They're both playing their second year as yard goats. They're listed as basically the same size, an inch different height-wise, five pounds different weight-wise. They both throw right-handed but play first base anyway, even though the position is thought to be physically easier to play left-handed. 
Ashley Grader grew up in Poplarville, Mississippi, and started playing baseball when he was... Uh, about four or five years old. Baseball was kind of in our family. My dad played a little bit. And so they were always, especially my grandpa and my grandma, they were always baseball, you know, baseball, baseball, baseball. And she still plays with the, with the grandkids in the yard, you know, throwing the baseball and stuff. So started there, and, you know, I fell in love with it, obviously. And, and it's just been something I've... I've done ever since. Baseball is just something Grader did through high school and then through college. I think when I was growing up, as I got older, the natural instinct was, well, I want to play professional baseball. And I started getting a little better, so I started thinking, you know, well, if I could just keep working hard, I love this game, you know, maybe I can make a career out of it. So I just kept working harder at it and working harder at it. He played his junior and senior years of college at the University of Southern Mississippi. And in my last days at Southern, I was I was thinking maybe that might be the end. I, I was wanting to go to pro ball, but I didn't know if that was going to be the end or not. Grader led the Southern Miss Golden Eagles in batting average and on-base plus slugging percentage in his senior year, and he saw five of his teammates get drafted in the two years he was there. But when draft day 2012 came around... So, uh, I had talked to a few teams leading up to the draft, so I watched and uh, nothing happened. Me and my girlfriend at the time, which is my wife now, uh, we went out to eat just to kind of all right, we're going we're gonna to turn the page and we're going to move on. And I ended up getting a phone call from my head coach at Southern Miss. And he said, hey, the Rockies are, are looking into signing you. A couple phone calls happened within like five or ten minutes, and I think it was around 8.30 that night, Friday night. And uh, ended up asking me to sign and, and asked when I could leave. And I told him I'd leave you know, the next morning if they wanted me to. We converted him into catcher when he first got in. He t- took to that extremely well. I haven't mentioned that yet, have I? Grader plays all four infield positions and catcher. Versatility is key with him. His ability to bounce around, his ability to put together kind of, you know, some good at bats and do all the little things to help the team win. The guy is good at everything. He can literally figure something out after one or two tries, like trying to do it. This is Grader's teammate and roommate, Ryan McMahon again. And he's, he's good at the most awkward stuff. Like he can do like a somersault flip throw and put it right on the money. I'm not really sure what that means. Or he can get on the mound and do a step-off pick between his legs and put it right on the chest. And I don't really know what that would look like either, but it sounds impressive and awkward, doesn't it? Like he just, he's good at everything, and he knows like all 1990s rap songs and can, can nail them all on the head, so... Like, he loves pretending he's Paul Wall. What it do, baby? It's the Iceman Pow Wow. I got my mouth looking something like a disco ball. I got the diamonds in the ice. He's the same guy every day. He, he'll do anything to make anybody laugh. We call it fishing for laughs. He's just always throwing his hook out there trying to catch one laugh. I asked Grader about the accuracy of his reputation as the clubhouse clown. Oh, it's pretty accurate. I like to, I like to pull pranks and, and keep things loose. Uh, Tell me more about pranks. Well, we had some pranks going on in the dugout. Including a complicated-sounding one where Grader would take a whole stack of those paper cone cups that you only ever use for drinking out of coolers and stuff them all into some sort of a sock contraption and then stuff that into someone like corner infielder Josh Fuentes' glove. And then... And he went out on the field and he pulled the sock out of his glove and spilt like 25 cups on the on the edge of the field right there. So that was pretty funny. But um, personality, he's got quite a bit of, you know. I mean, he's from he's from the deep south, and that's definitely a big part of his personality. Is kind of the jokes, the camaraderie. The Eastern League is not an easy trip. It's a very competitive league, so it takes those guys quite a while to acclimate to it. And I think having a guy like that around to to talk to him and 
you know, basically put an arm around him, say, hey, everything's going to be okay, just keep working your ass off, is where he comes in. Uh, I think he does an extremely good job of keeping the kids loose, you know, really talking to the young kids about what to expect. The kids. The kids like Ryan McMahon, the 21- and 22-year-olds, because this is the first place where guys like McMahon start to separate themselves from guys like Grader. It's not their tools, their bat speed, or how strong their throwing arm is. It's their age. Ryan McMahon, in his second year at AA, in his fifth year in the organization, is 22 years old. Ashley Grader, in his second year at AA, in his sixth year in the organization, is 27 years old. So the average age you see is actually something like between 23 and a half and like 25. But when we talk about like prospect age appropriate for AA, like 22, and you know, 22 or younger. This is Jeffrey Paternostro again. You would expect a good prospect. You'd expect them all to sort of converge around 21, 22 for that level. And if you think about it, McMahon at 22, if he doesn't move up this year, he'd be starting to age out of the range you'd expect for quote unquote good prospects. And that has a lot to do with his repeating double A, which has a lot to do with what people have called the year-long slump he suffered in his first season as a yard goat. I think some people really outside of our organization were concerned about his numbers. McMahon hit 242 last year with a slugging percentage under 400. Those are just not the stats of a guy with plus power. You know, he went up there, he was he was extremely challenged, which is good for him. I think he was pressing when I saw him last year. And he's the kind of guy that when he starts to press, he just tries to hit everything out of the park. He'll drop the back shoulder. You know, it's just the swing breaks down a little bit. And so McMahon is back here again this year after what you'd probably have to call a season of underachieving. But for Ashley Grader, a guy who wasn't drafted out of college, a guy who was 26 last year, to get to double-A and play four positions and hit 276 and slug over 400, it's kind of the opposite of underachieving. Ashley rolls in with what is an very overachieving package. He's a guy that every year when he comes into spring training and every year since he's gotten here, he's had to earn a, earn a roster spot. And he has done that every single year, you know, including being up to the double-A level. What's your goal here now? Is it is it the majors? Is that is that? Yeah, I mean, that's the ultimate end result. But, you know, I, I think right now, day by day, is just be the best player I can be and, and leave it in the hands of the shot callers because I can't say what I'm going to do. I can only just work towards it. He's one of the... 2,000 best people in the world at his craft right now. So if you're the 2,000 best accountant in the world, you're probably working for a high-powered firm and making six figures a year. You know, he's making $1,000 a month and riding the bus. There's a weird romanticism to it, uh, sort of the idea that playing baseball beats working a day job. You know, Grader can hit a little bit. He knows what he's doing up there. He's a, a decent minor league hitter. He's not going to look particularly foolish day in and day out, but he's also not going to do anything that really stands out. But you need 25 guys to play 140 games every season, and he can help your team. He can play multiple defensive positions. And a guy like that, he, he can play minor league baseball as long as he wants. When you carry a guy like this on, on say, a 25-man roster like Hartford, the beauty is his ability to bounce around. Uh, on top of, you know, has these grinding, overachieving qualities to him. But, you know, I mean, for, from a roster standpoint and from a, you know, a character and clubhouse standpoint, you just love to have these type of guys. Now, will he ever play in the majors? You look at sort of the way the—I don't think he's an organizational priority, I guess is the, the polite way to say it. 
It's not impossible. It's not likely, but it's not impossible. You know, baseball's got a small window. I mean, you know, extremely hard to say, just because you, you just never know. It's really going to be up to him if, if he's able to push that through. You can see the Major League tools quickly. Like, it's, it stands out. Um, it's going to sound a little bit more like magic than science, I think, but it stands out. Like, you know, you should be able to tell who, like, the major league guy is within a game or two of, of watching a team. Even if you know nothing about the team, the best way to describe it is just the explosiveness, I think, is the the ball jumps off McMahon's bat in a way. Uh, some of it's a bat speed thing. Some of it's a physical strength thing. It's like a, it's like a wrist tensile the ability to get the bat through the zone quickly. The ball just jumps off McMahon's bat in a way that it... it and, like, that's that's what plus raw power is. Um, you know, it's above average by major league standards. Um, the Like, the major league talent, the everyday guys, I think they still stand out. And I think McMahon, even if he doesn't quite get there and he might not, um, the tools are still of that caliber. The Yankees hope they'll trail it 2-1. So that was supposed to be the end of the show. You were supposed to be hearing the theme song right now, but there's been a development. And now here's Ryan McMahon. This is the AAA debut for Ryan McMahon, one of the best prospects in the Rockies organization. Had been at AA Hartford. On Wednesday, May 31st, Ryan McMahon was called up to the AAA Albuquerque Isotopes. And on Thursday night, he started his first game at first base, batting fifth, and in the first inning, in his first at-bat. The lefty swings the first pitch, hits a rocket off the glove of Wong and down the right field line. That'll score Gibson. On his way to second is McMahon, and he's in safely. We are tied. And so I guess we know how soon soon is. And no worries about aging out of the prospect pile at the double-A level for McMahon. Playing for the Isotopes at 22 makes him one of the younger guys in AAA. And if he sticks there, he'll play every game just one step away from Denver, from the Rockies, from Major League Baseball. And Ashley Grader and a few other guys on the Yard Goats are looking for a new roommate. And so welcome to AAA, Ryan McMahon. He's got a hit. It's an RBI double in his first at-bat. We're tied at 2-2. Coming up on the second first season. And there's been a kind of cosmic helplessness that Hartford has felt that extends well beyond Thomas Hooker. And, and it really was recapitulated vividly and brutally by the snatching away of the Whalers. Yes, we've got hard data. We've got more data than we've ever had on players before, but you do need to know the process by which the player got to those stats, too. We look at the experiences at the ballpark and we compare it to like how fans experiences at Disney World. And so baseball is played on the field instead of riding a roller coaster. This episode of the second first season was edited by Katie Tolarski and Jeff Cohen. Heather Brandon is the digital editor. Katie Tolarski is the executive producer. The baseball highlights in this episode featured Jeff Dooley, Dan Lavallo, and Josh Sushan on MILB.TV and the MLB Network's coverage of the 2013 Amateur Player Draft. Our theme song is by the great Jim Chapdelaine. You can find the second first season on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're on the web at WNPR.org slash second first. You can find me on Twitter at McNicholPants. The second first season is a production of WNPR. I'm Jonathan McNichol.